0: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. This year has gone by incredibly quickly, but it's always nice to pause and take stock. What's something you're proud of in 2024 so far? What's something you still want to accomplish this year? I know I'm guilty of falling into a routine and not always thinking about the bigger picture, but as the great Ferris Bueller once said, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you can miss it. So it's crucial to take a moment to celebrate your wins and make adjustments for the rest of the year. Therapy can help you contextualize your progress and set achievable goals for the next six months. As you surely know by now, it's not only for people who have experienced major trauma. Therapy is helpful in all kinds of ways, including learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. If you've been considering trying therapy, check out BetterHelp. It's fully online and was specifically designed to be flexible and customizable to your schedule. To get started, just fill out a brief questionnaire that matches you up with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Take a moment. Visit BetterHelp.com FilmDaily today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com help, slash film daily. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Slash Film Daily for Thursday, December 8th, 2022. On today's episode of the show, we're going to gather around the virtual water cooler and talk about what we've been up to. My name is Ben Pearson. I'm an editor at slash film.com, and I'm joined on today's episode by Slash Film editor Brad Oman. Hey, that's me. Brad, what have you been doing recently?
1: Oh, I am in Utah uh, visiting my girlfriend who has been here uh, a Big chunk of this year, I think I mentioned this before. Uh, she's helping uh, her out at her parents' restaurant, uh, helping them run things. Uh, it's called Pogo's Great Pizza and Chicken. It's in Provo, Utah. If you want to check it out, I couldn't recommend it more. Not just because I'm biased, but because of the food is actually. Uh, delicious. They have rave reviews. Uh, it's been doing great. And you should absolutely check it out if you are ever in the area. And uh, yeah, that, that includes me spending some time there helping out as well, including spending uh, one day washing dishes for six hours. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Wow. Was... Did, did you ever work in a restaurant like, you know,
0: pre slash film days?
1: The closest I came uh, was working in the movie theater uh, and doing concessions. So okay. just, like, just popcorn and nachos and pop and stuff like that. But never never a full on restaurant job.
0: Man, I had a, a job um, when I was in high school for this restaurant near my house called The Loop. And it was like, I got hired to be a, um, what are they called? Like a busboy, like a dishwasher, basically. And on the first day when I showed up, uh, they were like, we're so busy in the kitchen. We need you to help out like making food. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm not trained for this. I don't know. I don't, you know, I'm like 16 years old or something. I don't really know what I'm doing. And they, I guess I like did well enough that they're like, okay, just like forget the whole busboy thing. You're just going to like work in the kitchen from now on. And I worked there for
1: like a year and a half. So Oh, wow. There you go.
0: Yeah. Weird. Okay.
1: Sorry. For Bingo. The, for the so yeah. And it's, it's pretty snowy here. Uh, You know, we're in the middle of the Utah Valley and uh, you know, Sundance is coming up too. So that's going to be fun. You guys are going to be here very soon. Yes. Yeah. We're looking forward to that. Uh, the schedule
0: for Sundance just came out. So we're, yeah. Coming through and looking at uh, things that we're going to be excited about in what a little over um, probably like a month and a half at this point so yeah i'll um, be back
1: for part of it actually uh, i'll be here for like the last weekend so i'll try and soak up everything that like gets awards and has second round screenings
0: yeah excellent okay cool so yeah stay tuned to SlashFilm.com for all of our Sundance coverage coming up at the end of january uh in the meantime though let's talk about what we've been watching um i i'm catching up with a lot of 2022 releases as we uh, hurdle toward the end of the year here. Uh, last night, my wife and I watched The Woman King. Did you see this, Brad? I haven't seen it yet. It's really good. It's like a straight down the middle, just like, um, you know, like a solid triple, you know, pure piece of Hollywood entertainment. It really feels like, I, I have not seen Black Adam yet, but I remember a lot of us talking about after, you know, we saw the movie or after the Slash Film folks saw the movie saying like, oh man, this this feels like a movie from the early 2000s or something like this this movie just feels way past its time and um and just sort of in a really bad way but the woman king in a really great way feels like a movie from you know 2003 or something where it's just like uh they don't make movies like this anymore and this is a this is like a perfect uh parents movie i think you know it's just like real four quadrant entertainment type of stuff there's you know nothing like super super surprising happens but it's like very um, comforting and familiar the rhythms of the movie uh Gina Prince Bythewood directed this and she does a great job with it the the look of it the cinematography is really gorgeous and um, it's just really cool to see Viola Davis leading this you know largely uh black female cast um, as a, a group of warriors which is something we've seen in you know the the, the Black Panther movies recently but this is like actually based in historical, truth and in, in set in the 1820s and um yeah just a really cool like really solid uh sturdy put together story that I, I really enjoyed from beginning to end so um that's the woman king and i would definitely recommend checking that out um i also watched uh x and pearl two movies that came out this year from uh, writer director ty west did you see any of these, Brad? By any chance?
1: No, not yet. These these are also on my my catch up list. Once I once I get back home and uh, back in my own home theater environment, I need to catch up on some stuff for the before the year end comes around.
0: Yeah. So X came out in March, I think, or or premiered in March anyway. And it is sort of like a it's a 1970s set movie where a group of people, um, the group of young people basically get together and they try to uh, make a porn. They, they try to go out to like a, a farm and rent out a, a barn and sort of like stay almost Airbnb style on this old couple's farm And make a porno movie without the old couple knowing about it. And then things go wrong and people start dying. And uh, it's really like a a Texas Chainsaw Massacre kind of homage throwback type of thing. Like that's a little bit of the vibe that's going on here. Um, And I I enjoyed X. I thought it was a pretty well done version of one of those type of movies. But I really, really, really enjoyed Pearl, which is a movie that came out uh, in September, which is a prequel to X and um is uh, co-written this time by Ty West and he he uh co-wrote the script with Mia Goth who plays a main character in X she actually plays two characters in X and then she plays the title role in Pearl and um it's a really I think Pearl is a much better movie it's a really really cool um Movie that actually has seems to have a lot to say about uh like the, the social media era, even though it's it's a prequel that's set in like 1918, I think. And it is um it is a like twisted uh Wizard of Oz homage where like the the Texas Chainsaw influence is very clear in um in X, the Wizard of Oz uh imagery is is like really really obvious in pearl but also in in a great way it doesn't feel like i never rolled my eyes at any of the um the very, they're very clear like visual imagery that he's sort of playing with there um and mia gothman is just incredible like she delivers there's a monologue in pearl that comes near the end of the movie that is unreal and i i am so glad that i saw this before we're doing our big 50 best moments of the year list, because now I'm going to argue really hard for that. I'm going to fight for that moment because she is incredible in it. So uh, yeah, I, I I I kind of think you probably could just watch Pearl without watching X, but there are enough like visual similarities and little connections and um, things like that, that it, it sort of enriches the experience. So I'd recommend watching both. And it's not like X is a bad movie that you have to suffer through in order to really appreciate Pearl. They're both pretty good, but uh, Pearl just rises above for me. So
1: uh, yeah, Woman, King, X, and Pearl, that's what I've been watching. Brad, what have you been watching? I've been watching some holiday movies uh, because over at my podcast, Go Flix Yourself, that I do with a couple friends of mine, uh, we've been assigning each other Christmas movies we haven't seen. Uh, and one of the movies that I watched was called The Feast of the Seven Fishes uh, that was assigned to me by my friend, uh, Nate Lauks. And this was uh, a low-key uh, release that I hadn't heard of before. And I, when he told me about it, uh, I actually thought that it was kind of a, a joke and that it was probably going to turn out to be some kind of like bad faith based Christmas movie that stars Kirk Cameron or something like that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, But instead it would say it's a, this movie uh, that's direct uh, stars Skylar Gisando, who you might recognize as like Ben Stiller's uh, kid from the night, the museum franchise, or uh, the elder brother in the vacation reboot with, with Ed Helms. Uh, He's he's a a funny young actor and uh, it's, based in this like Rust Belt town uh, somewhere like in West Virginia. And it's this coming of age uh, holiday set movie that follows him as he's trying to figure out how to tell his dad he wants to go to art school instead of taking over the family fish market. Uh, And then he also falls in love with this girl from the other side of the tracks, who's uh, kind of a a rich upscale cake eater, as they call her. And so it's this, you know, fairly typical coming of age movie, but it's set among this really like lovely homegrown, uh, funny Italian Catholic Christmas uh it's got um joe Pantoliano uh is is in it and like the, the the cast of uh characters in this it's it's really an becomes an ensemble piece and it's like a, just a very chill laid back movie i i wish that there was a little bit more of like an emotional uh connection and like some peaks and valleys as far as like The dramatic conflict, but otherwise it kind of just feels like a a pretty low key, like family hangout movie with just little, a little bit of, you know, uh, ups and downs uh, every so often. Um, It's, it just has this really nice vibe about it. It's like the kind of movie you would uh, see at Sundance and probably really enjoy. So um, this it's. I watched it on uh, Peacock. It's available there, but it's also available like on Hoopla and a bunch of other like uh, free subscription services with ads and stuff like that. So uh, it was really enjoyable. Just uh, just a nice chill coming of age movie. Yeah, I've never heard of this either. So that's The Feast of the Seven Fishes. Uh, what else have you been watching, Brad? Also watched Spirited, the new Apple TV Plus holiday musical starring Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds. Uh, and I thought it was pretty good. I wasn't uh, in love with it. I, um, I think it's a fun musical. It's a, a nice meta spin on the Christmas carol formula. It also like has a, you know an updated message that isn't quite so cut and dry about uh, you know, at the core of, of that, that Dickens classic and like it, it's this idea of, you know, that you don't have to like be a perfect person It just matters that you try to be better. Um, I was hoping you would be a little bit funnier because it's Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds, you know, two actors who are who are these like comedy giants. Um, and it's it's still amusing, and uh, they do some fun stuff with the musical aspect of things. But it just wasn't quite as funny as I hoped, and I feel like they could probably trim a good fifteen minutes from it because it, it starts to feel a little bit uh, long towards the end. But it's man, it, it feels uh, like a big old holiday musical, and I'm uh, kind of impressed that Apple TV Plus went for a movie like this because uh, I'm you know I feel like it, it's if it wasn't for Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds doing something like this would be a hard sell, and it kind of feels like they maybe tricked people into watching a musical. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's enjoyable. You know, I'm, I I don't think it's uh, amazing or anything, but it was, it was solid.
0: Do you think it's going to work its way into your rotation every year, or every other year or something? Or is this like a one and done experience for you?
1: I think that I, it's probably not the kind of Christmas movie where like I would sit and watch it every year. Cause like the classics, like Christmas vacation, uh, and an elf and a Christmas story, stuff like that, like I'll actually sit and watch those. This is probably one that I would like put on in the background while I'm wrapping gifts or nice. you know doing any sort of like holiday decorating and stuff like that
0: okay cool good to know where the uh, where it falls on the on the tier system um yeah. okay what else have you been checking out
1: uh i finally got around to seeing the banshees of in sharon uh unfortunately back home it wasn't playing in any theaters conveniently for me to see because unfortunately it didn't do so hot at the box office uh, obviously um and i wasn't able to catch it in its initial run but thankfully it was still playing at a theater around here so i went, went out of my way to see it over the weekend and man this movie is so good uh martin mcdonough is uh, teaming up with brendan Gle- gleason and Colin Farrell again. And these two together are just uh, a fantastic duo and putting them with Martin McDonough is just you know a, a real treat. Uh, in Bruges is fantastic and this just you know shows just how great they are as collaborators. Um, if you don't know, the story takes place in 1920s Ireland on an island called Inisharan And Brendan Gleeson and Colin Farrell are longtime friends, but one day, Brendan Gleeson decides he doesn't want to be friends with Colin Farrell anymore and just tells him, I don't really like you anymore, so leave me alone. And Colin Farrell is kind of, like, bewildered and confused, and he's just this, just a very, you know, nice, simple guy, and he just wants, you know, his friend back and wants to understand what's going on. And uh, it takes some dark turns. It's definitely more of a, a dark comedy, but it's it's really funny though. Uh, the performances are fantastic. The supporting cast, uh, along with Farrell and Gleason, you've got uh, Barry Keoghan and, and Carrie Condon, who are uh, both equally great as well. Uh, and yeah, this was just a fantastic movie. I I I'm, I think it'll come. Uh, could end up on my top 10 by the end of the year. I still have some stuff to see. Um, but it's, I I liked it a lot. It's, uh, has a lot to say about friendship and, uh, niceness and despair and depression. Uh, just, I I liked it a lot. Yeah. And creativity too, like in the, in the sacrifices that,
0: um, that you have to have in order to be a creative person, like what that can do to your social life and like, there's so much in there about legacy and like what you want to leave behind in the world if you're a creative person. And, and um, yeah, Brennan's, Brennan Gleeson's character is a musician and, and is like, you know, talking a lot about, um, you know, Beethoven and, and Bach and, and famous composers and the, the work that they left behind. And he's just sort of running up against this wall of like, what am I doing with my time? And it's, it's very relatable in that way. But, um, but the character's behaviors are, are so um, heightened uh, in that sort of Martin McDonough way that he does so well. So yeah, really, really good stuff there.
1: This is the story of the one as a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently to the untrained ear. Everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a
2: belt slipping
1: Uh, what else have you been watching, Brad? I also saw She Said, uh, another movie that has them doing well at the box office, even though it has awards buzz, simply because you know audiences aren't clamoring to see these kinds of movies in theaters anymore, unfortunately. Um, but this one, uh, in case you didn't know, it's about the uh, two journalists who wrote the story about Harvey Weinstein and sparked the Me Too movement by reporting on all of the uh, various Accounts of sexual misconduct and harassment and assault by this mega producer from Miramax. Um, Zoe Kazan and uh, Carrie Mulligan play Jody Cantor and Megan Toohey as they try and put the story together for the New York Times. And uh, it really has this all the president's men feel about it because Harvey Weinstein was the kind of guy who was so uh, powerful in Hollywood that he could pull a lot of strings and get a lot of stories shut down about him and uh, have people follow you and ruin your career. And so there's this, you know, a lot of tension uh, and like a conspiracy level, you know, feel as they're trying to do this story and they feel uh, danger for themselves and all these people who want to say something, but they're worried about the, the backlash from Harvey and what it'll do to their lives. Um, there's also a good supporting cast, Patricia Clarkson, Andre Brower, uh, Jennifer Eel, Samantha Morton, Ashley Judd actually appears as herself, which was uh, a nice addition because she was uh, one of the people who spoke out and uh, gave an account of her encounters with Harvey Weinstein, and she actually plays herself in this story, which was cool to see. But uh, yeah, this was there's just there's just so much tension and drama that's built up, and the way it's done is uh, just just done very well. And uh, you know, it helps that it's directed by a female director too, Maria Schrader, and just the way she handles it and the way that she focuses on um, Tuhi and Cantor and their lives, and they're not just painted as like you know uh, characters who were journalists chasing a story. Like you, you feel like um that, like who they are as women as well, mm-hmm. and that, that makes the story that much more powerful too. Yeah, absolutely.
0: I thought that um there you're talking about the supporting cast and there's yeah, a lot of really great people that just sort of like pop up here and there for a few scenes. Yeah. Um one of those is Samantha Morton who plays Zelda Perkins in the movie and mm-hmm. she there's a, a moment where um I think it's Zoe Kazan as as Jody Cantor meets up with her in a yeah. restaurant and that is like the scene of the movie to me where like really samantha morton just gets like a what feels like a five minute monologue where she just kills it and it's it's like the the um movie almost like stops a little bit and just does this like slow zoom on her while she uh runs through her experiences and how um yeah just like working under in in that weinstein environment and like the, the stuff that she experienced and and um, it, it's really like a turning point in the movie that I, that I thought was like a real highlight in in a movie that otherwise kind of feels like pretty flat. I thought um, maybe just because the the story is like so important and has such weight to it that there, it's not really the type of movie that that requires a lot of um, you know visual flourishes or anything like that. But um, but yeah, that that moment was really like a, a big powerhouse performance moment for me. So
1: there's um, there, there's one other moment that I really appreciate, and I'm I'm not going to say specifically what it is because uh, I'm gonna it's going to be part of our. Uh, big debate podcast where we pick the best movie moments of 2022 mm. later this year. Um, but it's towards the end and it's like it's not really a, sp- a spoiler per se, but I don't want to say it because how it's incorporated into the story and where it happens is kind of key. And so I'll, I'll dig into it more once we get there. But it's it's a moment towards the end uh, that involves Carrie Mulligan's character and just the the choice by Maria Schrader as far as how to depict the scene uh, was really, really impressive. And I think it says a lot without actually saying uh, much at all. But yeah, I, I'll, I'll leave it at that for now. We'll talk about it later. Cool.
0: Okay. And then you've been watching one other thing too, right?
1: Yeah. So I found out this week that my press screening for Babylon was happening in Chicago yesterday and I couldn't go obviously because I'm in Utah, but thankfully I was able to get into a screening uh, out here near Salt Lake City. So I saw Babylon, uh, Damien Chazelle's new movie, which is uh, decidedly the anti-La La Land. Uh, this movie is wild, uh, totally off the walls. It's like Boogie Nights and the Wolf of Wall Street had a 1920s Hollywood baby, all the sex, drugs, and debauchery uh, included. It is, <laughs> it is even more wild than the trailer indicates. Uh, wow. Yeah. And it's, uh, I didn't realize this until uh, until afterwards, but um, after I had already gotten you know into the screening, but it is at a whopping three hours and nine minute runtime. Uh, but it's also very fast paced. Um, I feel like maybe some people will think it probably is a little too long. Um, it kind of, you know, indulges in itself a little bit, but I, I really did love this movie. Um, it is simultaneously nostalgic about the art of cinema and the magic of movies, but also delivers like this scathing takedown and depiction of just the sheer insanity of the circus of Hollywood and just the, like the, the sexism and the, you know, just just all the nastiness that was around the time. And I, I one of the things I appreciate the most about it, and this was what I was hoping the movie would do is there's this uh, kind of like uh, veneer around 1920s, 30s, 40s Hollywood that it was oh, so so glamorous and just glitzy and everyone so proper in their gowns and tuxedos and everything but this t- time in Hollywood was fucking crazy. They were doing so much cocaine and there was so much just, just like racism and sex and drugs and just all this stuff and so it is just a, a, an absolute uh, wild ride the entire way through and it kind of even it takes some really dark turns and some of the stuff even feels like Coen Brothers-esque in a way um when you get to toby mcguire's character that's when things are just like what the hell is going on <laughs> uh but it's i i liked it a lot some people aren't uh i've seen some people aren't super into it but i i was really uh, smitten by it so yeah it's a lot it's a lot of fun if you want to make time to see it it's uh it's quite an experience <laughs>
0: Man, I'm I'm voting on, you know, like the best movies of the year for my uh, critics group organization tomorrow. And I've been emailing Paramount saying like, hey, can you like p- have a screening in this in this area in, in Florida where I live? And they're basically just like laughing at me over email. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I'm not going to be able to see the movie until it comes out in theaters, uh, I think in Christmas time, maybe like December 23rd is when it comes out. Okay, great. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to this. Ho- I mean, thankfully, um, the thing that really matters here is my top 10 list, uh, <laughs> Uh, for slash film.com, which I think doesn't go up until like December 30th or something. So I'll definitely have a chance to see this before then. I was worried about um, not being able to see it at all, but because what you're describing, Brad, sounds like nuts and maybe like a little too much, but I kind of dig that sometimes. So um it sounds like it could be a contender for uh you know my my top 10. So I'm very excited about it on a personal level. Um okay, what else do you been well no, that, that's all you've been watching. What have you been
1: eating? Uh so just a couple things I'll mention here and uh, this isn't something that's new but it's something uh that I I tried to to have a couple times when I've been here at theaters and one time they were out and another time uh they just didn't ha- um they they hadn't didn't have a new batch of it and it's Cheetos popcorn. And uh, this ha- they have this at Megaplex theaters. It's a it's a chain here uh, in the Utah area. Um, I, I don't know if it's something they have at other theater chains, but I've mostly just seen it at, at this one. And it is uh, it's cheese popcorn with, but like Cheetos popcorn with like the Cheetos seasoning on it, and also Cheetos together in a popcorn bucket. And that's all I really needed to know. And so like it's nice because it's actually like uh, warm fresh cheese popcorn with the Cheetos that are also actually warm in the popcorn. So it's just a nice. Cheesy movie snack to have uh, at at the theaters. So if you happen to be in the area and you go to Megaplex theaters, I would recommend getting Cheetos popcorn if you're a Cheetos kind of person. That's funny that
0: they have this. I saw this um, on the the show floor at CinemaCon earlier this year. Um, so you know, they have like all sorts of you know wild uh, foods and stuff that that you never really think that you're gonna actually see in the out there in the real world. But um Chino's popcorn made its way out there. So good good
1: for it. That's all. I see this is why I want to go to CinemaCon sometime to specifically do that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'll try to take some more video and send it to you uh if I if I end up going in twenty twenty three. We'll see. Um what else have you been eating?
1: There's a a new holiday treat out there from planters. I'm not a big uh like peanuts or cashews or almonds kind of person unless they are like cinnamon roasted or like have a little bit of sweetness to them. So uh, I tried these new planters, butter cinnamon pecans. And man, these are so good. Uh, They like, they're kind of like the, the kind of, you know, uh, honey roasted cinnamon roasted nuts that you would get from like uh, you know, a Christmas market or, or something like that, or mm. they come in like the little cone bag and they're warm and, and sweet and crunchy. Uh, and these are, these are really good. They're just, they come in a, a pouch and uh, they're available. I, I found them at Walmart. I don't know if they're exclusively available because I haven't seen them anywhere else since then, but they also have uh, cocoa dusted almonds, I think as well for the holidays. So, they're only out for a limited time right now. I hope they come back because, man, they were really, really good. I like. I almost went through the whole uh, small pouch on the first go because they were so delicious. Wow.
0: Excellent. Okay, cool. Well, I think that's going to bring us to the end of today's episode. You can find more about all the movies that we mentioned on today's show at SlashFilm.com, of course, and linked inside the show notes for this episode. I'll, I'll put a link to a few of our reviews of the things that we talked about Um Slash Elm Daily is published every weekday, bringing the most exciting news from the world of movies and TV, as well as deeper dives into the great features you can find on the site. You can subscribe to the show on Apple, Google, Overcast, Spotify, all the popular podcast apps. Please subscribe to our newsletter. Send your feedback, questions, comments, concerns, and mailbag topics to us at peter at slash Make sure to leave your name and general geographic location in case we mention your email on the air. Don't forget to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends, spread the word. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you tomorrow.